context for this. This has occurred after the Last Supper. The disciples know something is up. Jesus has said he's going away. The disciples are not happy. They're confused. Jesus has much to say to them. And so in these chapters together in John, Jesus tells them many things, but he can't tell them everything he wants to. But he says, when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit. I will send the Spirit of truth, and he will teach you all things. They won't be left without a comforter. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The second passage this morning is the famous second chapter of Acts when the Holy Spirit does come on the gathered believers at Pentecost. The world will never be the same once that occurs. Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one in his own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors for Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. 
Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my flesh, my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, and the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Seventy years ago, Gloria Swanson starred in the film Sunset Boulevard. Swanson, a Hollywood star well past her prime, portrayed Norma Desmond, also a Hollywood star well past her prime and desperate for a comeback. In the final tragic scene, Norma Desmond sees all the news cameras trained on her. In her delusion, she imagines that she is at last performing her comeback spectacle. After descending her grand staircase in regal fashion, she turns to her major domo, believing him to be the celebrated director Cecil B. DeMille, and speaks the immortal line, all right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Today is Pentecost Sunday, which commemorates when, 10 days after Jesus ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit descended in power onto the gathered believers. A sound like a violent rush of wind was accompanied by visible tongues of fire coming to rest on each of the disciples in the upper room. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Peter proclaimed the gospel to the astonished crowd. He called for repentance and in response, 3,000 accepted the message were baptized, and were added to the church that day. Pentecost is the day the church was born. With the dramatic events we recall on this historic day, we do well to remember, as Del Bruner writes in his commentary on the Gospel of John, the Holy Spirit is intentionally and willingly the shy member of the trilogy. He consistently points to the Son, who in turn consistently points to the Father. While the Holy Spirit may be shy, I believe it is fair to say that on the day of Pentecost, he was ready for his close-up. Today, we will take the opportunity presented by our remembrance to survey the Bible to see what we can learn about the shy member of the Trinity. Needless to say, there is more material than I am able to address today. Consider the following a sampler. The first mention of the Spirit of God occurs in the second verse of the Bible. Now the earth was without shape and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the watery deep, but the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. 
When Moses reached the end of his ministry, the Lord guided him in his choice of successor. The Lord replied to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. The Holy Spirit enabled judges, among them Othniel, Gideon, and Jephthah. And the book of Judges gives us more information about Samson. Manoah's wife gave birth to a son and named him Samson. The child grew and the Lord empowered him. The Lord's Spirit began to control him in Manane, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtal. And then later, Samson went down to Timnah. When he approached the vineyards of Timnah, he saw a roaring lion attacking him. The Lord's Spirit empowered him, and he tore the lion in two with his bare hands as easily as one would tear a young goat. But he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. After Samuel anointed Saul to be the first king of Israel, he gave him instructions. Then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. Unfortunately, later Saul failed to obey God, and he was ultimately rejected as king, and God's Spirit was withdrawn. Before the withdrawal from Saul... Samuel took the horn full of olive oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day onward. Isaiah foretells the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. For I will pour water on the parched ground and cause streams to flow on dry land. I will pour my Spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your children. The use of water as a symbol for the Holy Spirit also occurs in the Gospel of John. Ezekiel delivered a message of blessing from God to Israel. I will put my spirit within you. I will take the initiative, and you will obey my statutes and carefully observe my regulations. Later he prophesied to the dry bones. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and placed me in the midst of a valley and it was full of bones. Ezekiel preached to those bones and there was new life. And once again in Ezekiel, he pronounces blessings on Israel. I will no longer hide my face from them when I pour out my Spirit on the house of Israel, declares the Sovereign Lord. Joel delivered the prophecy that Peter cited in his Pentecost sermon. After all of this, I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your elderly will have prophetic dreams. Your young men will see vision. Even on male and female servants, I will pour out the spirit in those days. If that sounds familiar, it's because I already read it earlier. The prophet Zechariah spoke of the primacy of the spirit's power over human power. Therefore, he told me, this is the Lord's message to Zerubbabel. Not by strength, and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Peter, in his first letter, summarized the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit in Old Testament prophecy. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who predicted the grace that would come to you searched and investigated carefully. They probed into what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified beforehand 
about the sufferings appointed for Christ and his subsequent glory. Moving to the New Testament, we encounter prophecy to Zechariah concerning his son, John the Baptist. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You will name him John, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even before his birth. When Mary received the message from the angel Gabriel about the coming birth of Jesus, she asked, How can this be, since she was a virgin? And Gabriel responded, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. When Jesus was baptized by John, we had this remarkable description. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized. And while he was praying, the heavens opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my dear son. In you I take great delight. Many times I wondered what it looked like to see the Holy Spirit descend in bodily form like a dove. I can't imagine. But John the Baptist saw it And to him, it was a sign of who Jesus was. And I did not recognize him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining, this is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Immediately after Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness for 40 days where he was tempted. Jesus promised his 12 apostles that the Holy Spirit would give them guidance what to say when speaking before a hostile audience. Whenever they hand you over for trial, do not worry about how to speak or what to say, for what you should say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who is speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. The Gospel of John is indispensable for gaining an understanding of the Holy Spirit. I would love to speak on chapters 1, 3, 4, 6, 7, and 14 through 16. They all have something to teach us. But you probably wouldn't like to sit there and hear me, so I won't. I will focus on today's reading in chapter 16, verses 7 through 15. And this records teachings by Jesus after the Last Supper before his betrayal. The disciples know something's about to happen, and they are fearful and discouraged by the prospect that Jesus is leaving. Jesus makes the point that the departure makes way for the arrival of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the spirit of truth, to be with them and to empower them. It is to their advantage that he should depart. When the Spirit comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Wrong about sin. Imagine making a list about what is wrong with the world. There are so many candidates to put on that list. But Jesus proclaims that what is wrong is lack of belief in him. If anyone would turn to him, salvation would be granted. Jesus assures his disciples that the Holy Spirit will make this known. Concerning righteousness, 
because Jesus is going to the Father and the disciples no longer see him. Del Bruner writes on this. Let us admit it is hard to believe that the presence of the Holy Spirit is an improvement on the presence of Jesus. But this indeed seems to be at least one meaning of Jesus' surprising certitude. The best thing that could ever happen to you is for me to go away. For all of a sudden, in a great reversal, as Jesus will explain in the coming verses, the presence of the paraclete Holy Spirit with disciples will actually mean the vital communication by Jesus himself to the disciples of the very presence, truth, and leading of Jesus by the Spirit. Concerning judgment, the ruler of this world has been conquered, Satan has been defeated, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus promises, will hammer this message home. Jesus assures that the Holy Spirit will guide believers in all truth. The preaching, teaching, and decisions of the church leaders will be sure because of the guidance of the Spirit. The writing of letters, gospel accounts, acts, and revelation all were guided by the spirit of truth. The scriptures have been preserved for 2,000 years for us today by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us today in the truth. The standard title for the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles, but it has been well said that it could have the title, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Chapter one foretells of the coming of the Holy Spirit it was the text of last week's sermon. Chapter 2, today's text, tells us, the, tells us of the Holy Spirit's arrival in power and the response of 3,000 souls in a single day. In Acts, the apostles, deacons, and others are infused with courage to stand for Christ, given words to say before authorities, as well as to those who will become believers. When the gospel is brought to the Samaritans, the Holy Spirit arrives in power to confirm that they were accepted as believers. The same thing happens when Peter preaches to Cornelius, welcoming Gentiles into the fold of believers. The action by the Holy Spirit was cited by the, as the, recited as the apostles met in Jerusalem to consider whether to welcome Gentiles. I, as well as most of you, are part of Christ's church because of this decision to accept Gentiles, a decision that was guided by the Holy Spirit. The apostles who ran away when Jesus was arrested became bold and effective in founding the church because of the Spirit. Through the Gospels, letters, Acts, and the book of Revelation, they preserved Jesus' teachings. This was not accomplished by human power but as in the message the prophet Zechariah delivered to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. My favorite chapter in the entire Bible is Romans 8. It has much to say about the Holy Spirit and about the victory won for believers. I encourage you to read this chapter today and once or twice more in the week to come. It will bless you. Despite my eagerness, I will restrict myself to three small passages. Moreover, if the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will also make your mortal bodies alive 
through his spirit who lives in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Skipping. The spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so we may also be glorified with him. And skipping once again. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we should pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And if he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes on behalf of the saints according to God's will. Oh, we could go on with other letters in the book of Revelation, but our time is limited and the survey stops here. But let us be mindful of and receptive to the Holy Spirit that has been given to us as followers of the way. Let us be bold as we are made bold in God's service. Let us hold to the truth which has been delivered to us. Let us pray.